Well, here's something a little bit out of the ordinary. Alison Armstrong does programs nationally on the subject of understanding men. In fact, she has a website called understandmen.com. Here's one of her programs. Now, to give you an overview of what we're going to be doing tonight in the next hour or so, a little less now, is I'm going to be telling you the seven reasons why women can't get what they need from men. And after I go through, or as I go through each of the seven reasons, I'll be letting you know specifically how we address those in Celebrating Men, Satisfying Women. Because the intention of this call, besides giving you this information and hoping, hopefully preventing hurt feelings and frustrations and disappointment and upset with men, it will also give you the information you need to make a choice about being in our workshop and taking advantage of all the information and the transformation that we have available because it's over 17 years now that we have been transforming women's relationship with men forever in celebrating men's satisfying women. So one thing I want to give you just right off at the beginning of this is I want to let you know who our customers are so that you can be listening to see if what we have to offer at PACS is for you. And I'll repeat this at the end of the call and just give you a chance to think about it. So our customers are courageous women with a strong desire to have satisfying relationships with men. They want to gain an extraordinary understanding of men and they're willing to adopt a new point of view towards men and women. So main points there, a strong desire to have satisfying relationships with men. You know, you might think everyone has a strong desire to have satisfying relationships with men. No, not actually. <laughs> it takes a really strong desire. <laughs> you can't just, oh yeah, that would be nice, or, you know, of course I want that. Sometimes we get too much out of complaining about men or being angry at men, and it gets in the way of having a strong desire to have a satisfying relationship with men. Then the second part, gain an extraordinary understanding of men. So I've been studying men since 1991, and I've been looking at men from the point of view of what if there's a good reason for everything they do, and what if men are responding to women? So we've learned tons of ways that men are responding to women and tons of ways that men aren't responding to women. And when you gain an, under, an extraordinary understanding of men, you actually can distinguish between the two, the things that you ought to take personal and the things that you ought not to take personal. And there are a lot of things that we take personally that we shouldn't and a lot of things that we don't take personally that we should. So an extraordinary understanding of men includes seeing when they're responding to you and when they're not. Then the third part, willing to have a new point of view towards men and women. One of the most profound things that our information does and our way of thinking about men and understanding men is it actually allows women to see themselves from a man's point of view. So what if you had a new point of view towards men and women? What if you had a point of view about men that allowed you to see men? And what if you had a point of view about women where that you actually could take on their point of view? What if you could see yourself 
from a man's point of view. And that's one of the biggest gifts that men have given me in the last 21 years, is being able to see women from the point of view of men. And I'll tell you, astonishingly and overwhelmingly, men have a higher opinion of women than women have of themselves. They have a higher regard for women than women have for themselves. They have a higher respect for women than women have for themselves. They have a much greater appreciation for what women contribute than women have of themselves. Okay, so with that as a background, I'm going to tell you about the seven reasons, and I'll tell you how we address them in Celebrating Men, Satisfying Women. So seven reasons that women can't get what they want from men and can't get what they need from men. And obviously you signed up for this, so you must have gotten the email from me unless a friend just prodded you to do it. Men think they're simple. And what we have discovered is that you actually have to follow a process. It's an eight or nine step process, depending on how you break it down, to get what you need from a man. And we've actually shown this process to men. Their first reaction is, oh, it can't possibly be that complicated. Just come out and say what you want. And then we've gone through each step of the process and told them why we have it there. And they've ended up validating every step. They've ended up saying, oh, yeah, that's important. Oh, oh yeah, oh, yeah, better not leave that out. And end up validating each and every step. So they think they're simple, and they will tell you that they're simple. And I've had a lot of men, you know, actually, you know, wonder if I'm slow, that it's taken me so long to understand them. But they're not simple. They're walking paradoxes is the way that I think of them, and very, very deep but narrow wells. So let's talk about the first reason. The first reason that women can't get what they need from men is that we have a barrier that we create through our own attitudes. So as women, we have several different attitudes towards men that actually cause resistance on their part. So if you think about it in your life, when in your life have you been approached by someone, wanted something from you, and they were actually had an attitude about what they were asking that that had you be um, hesitant to give them what they wanted, even when you didn't have a problem with what they're asking for, it still caused a resistance or a reticence on your part to provide it for them. So this is what happens to us in our interactions with men. We actually create a reticence and even a resistance by our attitude. And there are several different attitudes that can do this. The first one is being skeptical. Many women are skeptical that men even care that they get what they need. I remember when I first started studying men, I figured <laughs> this is based on my marriage and having dated quite a lot, I had thought that men either didn't care what I needed or they were actively withholding it. So I was very skeptical about men being well-intentioned in me having what I needed. And part of that skepticism came from how infrequently men offered. And since... <laughs> this is something that I've been playing with lately, that 
that it's actually not natural for men to offer help, to offer what you need, but it doesn't mean they're not responsive to it. They just have a different relationship than we do about offering. So that's one attitude that can get in the way. Another attitude that can get in the way is a combination of either being suspicious of what they will require of us in return for giving us what we need, or that we think we don't deserve what we're asking for, and so we assume we're going to need to trade something. Since I don't deserve it, I haven't earned it already, so if I let him give me that, I'm going to owe him something. I'm going to owe him something in return. I'm going to have an obligation that I don't want to have. And having the attitude that you don't deserve what you need or having the attitude of being suspicious, what's this going to cost me, that will also get in the way of men being able to give you what you need. It'll be in the way of them being inspired to give you what you need. Then the fourth attitude that also would get in the way is the opposite of undeserving, and that is that you're entitled. Well, I'm entitled to this. You owe this to me. How come you haven't done it already? If you look at any time that you've been interacted with that way, you know, where's my back rub? Even if you had wanted to get a back rub, in that moment it's going to disappear. So those attitudes, being skeptical, being suspicious, feeling undeserving, or feeling entitled to what you're asking for, those are all attitudes that will get in the way of you getting what you need from men. And one of the things that we do in celebrating men satisfying women is we give you an attitude adjustment. <laughs> we actually cause you to see men in a different way that allows that attitude to be released, that allows that attitude to fall away, that allows your eyes to be opened. And you see men in a way that actually causes you to celebrate them. You don't have to fake it. You're actually amazed by who they are. And then you end up with more of what you need, with less struggle, with less effort, and with less frustration, just by changing your attitude. Before you do anything else right, just by changing your attitude. Okay, the second. What is this, the second reason women can't get what they need? Well, the second reason is that mostly we're ignorant of how men think. We don't understand the way their brains work. To many women, men appear stupid. It's the most common thing I've heard from women is that men are stupid. <laughs> they, they can only do one thing at a time. How stupid is that? To only be able to do one thing at a time. But it's not, it's actually not that they're stupid. It's that their brain is organized differently and it processes information differently. And because we don't understand the way their brains work and the way that they hear and process and retain and retrieve information, we actually have very poor timing. So we will frequently we'll frequently do something like, oh, I'm glad I caught you, or oh, before you go out the door, oh, before you start on that, or oh, oh wait, um, while we're doing this, let me tell you about that. Oh, you're home. Thank God you're home. I've been waiting to tell you this. So we actually tell men the things that we need when they can't process the information, when they can't retain the information, and when they can't act upon the information. 
And it's actually worse than this. We tell it to them when they can't actually hear the information. I'm not exaggerating. They actually can't hear it. They hear a sound. They may feel some pressure on their eardrum from the air that's being moved by your mouth, but they don't actually hear what you're saying. Now, this is a way that men have contributed to the problem, and this is one of the downward spirals that we're always trying to shift in our work, and that is if a woman talks to a man and he doesn't respond, she says, are you listening to me? Why aren't you listening to me? And he gets in trouble for not listening to her. So most men, well, it doesn't take long. They, even in their teens, they can learn to do it. But most men, by the time they hit 30 years old, they have learned that if they just nod their head and every once in a while go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay, okay, that if they do that, they don't get yelled at. And they hate to be yelled at. <laughs> So they will nod their head, acting as if they're hearing you when they actually aren't hearing you. Now, you may think that that's just chicken and they should be, you know, man up and not try to stay out of trouble. But honestly, that's part of how men relate to women. They can't stand being in trouble with us. It's just, it's excruciating for them to be in trouble with us because they're so vulnerable to who we are and what we contribute. So they will nod their heads and say, uh-huh, 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 mm-hmm, okay, uh-huh, and delay the trouble till later. Because <laughs> you thought they heard it, they didn't hear it, you thought they committed to something, they have no idea what you think they just committed themselves to, and then they'll get in trouble later when they don't do the thing that they didn't know they said yes to. What a pickle, right? This is one of the biggest things that we work on in celebrating men, satisfying women, and in fact, in our entire curriculum, we're always having you see and, and actually experience and work with how men think, and therefore, when they can be heard and how they can be heard. And one of the most important things that we teach you on the first day of celebrating men, satisfying women, is how to get a man's attention so that all he's paying attention to is you telling him what you need or you telling him what you're excited about or you telling him what you need to discuss. How do you get time with him so that what he's focused on is what it is that you're talking about and you're not just getting the nod of the head and the uh-huh, uh-huh, okay, that ends up in tremendous frustration later. Are we ready for number three, Leslie? I think Thank we you. are. I think we are. Just keep going. Oh, this is so much fun. Oh, it's so much fun for me because I know we solve these things. And <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's an easy fix. Oh, okay, just shift off. Oh, we just shift this a little, just a little tweak there, a little tweak there. Oh, okay, no problem. But I remember, I, love, I remember the frustration. I love listening to you, too, because I, I remember the frustration in my experience, too. And the thing that I loved when I did the workshop eight years ago was that there's no blame. I mean, I hear you talk about an attitude adjustment, and I think, ooh, scary, I don't want it to be my attitude. But the truth is, it wasn't. It was just, hey, you've been doing this, and this works better. And, you know, I would have been the first to say, I don't think men are stupid. But if you think about it, a blender looks stupid to a toaster. 
It just can't understand why it turns all the bread into crumbs. What's wrong with that stupid toaster? But when you find out that it's not a stupid toaster, but it's actually a blender, then you can have a smoothie and be happy instead of have mashed up bread and be frustrated. <laughs> I love your metaphors. <laughs> it's so cool. <laughs> it's so real life. Yeah, and that actually goes into the next point, which is and why we say that our customers are willing to adopt a new point of view towards men and women. Because our assertion is that where women are looking from prevents women from being able to see men. And where women are looking from, instead of seeing a man, what we see is a kind of woman. We see a hairy woman. We might see a muscular woman. We might see a, you know, a woman who has a really questionable relationship to their bodily processes. You know, we see, we do, we see a hairy woman that we think is just like us, except for, of course, being hairy and passing gas a lot, and we think that they know everything that we do, they, we think they're motivated the way that we are, so we think they know the right thing to do, and they're purposely doing something else. So we think we're looking at a woman who's misbehaving. And the most natural thing to do when someone's misbehaving is to criticize them. What are you doing that for? Why did you do that? That was stupid. That's lame. Are you crazy? That's ridiculous. Right? It's just the most natural thing to do is to criticize someone who seems like they know the right thing to do and they're doing something else instead. So this gets into the third reason we can't get what we need from men because we are ignorant of how men are motivated. And we think, since since he's obviously, you know, like us, he's a human being, isn't he? Since we think he's a kind of woman, we try to motivate him the way that a woman would be motivated. And women are highly motivated by criticism. We have a natural sensitivity to criticism that if I say to you, you know, why don't you text me anymore? You should text me every day. Oh, oh and I make sure that I text her every day. You know, or why don't you put those X's and O's anymore in your texts? You know, why are they just all business? Oh, oh, I got, I have the XOXO. Okay. Oh, yeah, here I can do shortcuts in the iPhone. <laughs> I can put XX and it'll fill in XXXO. I love you, honey. You're the best in the world. You know, like we just, we think, you know, that he's going to be motivated by that criticism and he'll respond to whatever we're saying. Why don't you? Or why haven't you? Or you used to do this and you don't do it anymore. But men are not motivated that way by criticism. They actually have what you could consider layers of protection. And the layers of protection are created by their hormones. And the layers of protection, it's stunning. It's even at the cellular level. They're guarded at the cellular level. And so the criticism doesn't cut straight to the heart and straight into your mind the way that it does with a woman. Now, it doesn't mean criticism has no effect on a man it actually does have an effect, and the effect is to cause him to want to keep his distance, to stay away, which makes it even harder to get what you need from him because he's going to stay away. So one of the things that we pay 
a lot of attention to in celebrating men satisfying women is what does motivate men? What gets them off the couch? What has them do things? And one of my favorite parts is Sunday morning when women come back from doing the assignment we give them to practice the words that motivate men. And they come back on Sunday morning and tell stories about things that they'd asked for for years, maybe 30 years they've been asking for the same thing, and he's never done it, he's never gotten up or he's dragged his feet. And all of a sudden, they come home Saturday night and they communicate in, with the words that do connect and motivate and inspire him, and he's off the couch so fast they've got whiplash. And they come back on Sunday morning going, that was so easy. That was amazing. It is easy. It's easy when you connect with who someone is instead of trying to connect with who you think they are. And they just keep feeling more and more alienated because they know they're not that person. Okay, let's go on to the fourth reason. So the fourth reason that we can't get what we need, you could just simply call lack of communication. And this is always mind-boggling to women on two counts. You know, one is, wait a second, I'm complaining all the time. I'm about what he's not giving to me. Aren't I communicating? <laughs> that ought to count as communication. Or on the other side, what women think is, if I have to tell him, then it doesn't count. If I have to tell him what I want for my birthday, then it doesn't count. If I have to tell him what I need, it doesn't count. The trash is obviously overflowing. If I have to tell him, it doesn't count. So again, we assume that a man is put together the way that we are, and we assume that he speaks the languages that we do, including the language of hints. You know, I'll never forget my mother standing in the kitchen and going, the trash needs to be taken out. And I had two brothers, and we would look at each other and we'd say, did you hear your name? <laughs> no, I didn't hear my name. Did you hear my your name? No. No, she didn't say anybody's name. Okay, must not even talk to us. <laughs> and, you know, and women are, are, you know, we get worse than that. We'll say things like, oh, Oh, look at those roses. They're so beautiful. I just love roses. Right? Or ah, Hawaii. I've always wanted to go to Hawaii. You know, I've, ever since I was a little girl, I had a dream that when I got married, my new husband would surprise me with a trip to Hawaii. Right? We say these things. And we think we're communicating. Right? And we think we're communicating because... You know, if man is talking about his day and he's complaining about his day or saying things he's always wanted, we're making lists. You know, we've, now we've got, we know what to do for the anniversary. We know what to do for the birthday. We know what to do for Christmas. We never ask them what it is they want. We've already figured it out. We've already picked up on all that stuff. And we think we do that because we love them. And if they really loved us, they'd be picking up on all that stuff. Well, it honestly has nothing to do with love. <laughs> it has to do with our brains being put together by testosterone and estrogen and functioning very differently. The fourth reason we can't get what we need is we just we don't come out and say it. And every workshop in celebrating men satisfying women, 
we're teaching you men, we're teaching you about men, we're teaching you about men. It's becoming clearer and clearer. All these bulbs are coming off. The past is getting explained and there's hope showing up for the future. But there's this question like, but it really, could it really be this easy? Could it really be this easy? And so on Sunday afternoon, we have a panel of men. We're in real life men. And you get to participate in providing questions for the men. We coach you in how to write a question for a man that works the way his brain processes and completely stumps him. Because <laughs> women often ask questions in ways that completely stump men. So we'll coach writing them that way. And if you do, you know, then your question will get into the stack for them to pick from. And what's so cute is we hardly coach the men at all. And we always tell you exactly what we tell the men. And one of the things that I always tell the men is to please help women by giving women the words. Because whenever a question says, how would you like a woman to tell you what she needs? The men will respond, we'll just come out and say it. Just, just be direct. I love direct. Just come right out and say it. And the women sit there stumped. They're just stumped. We don't understand direct. We don't understand come out right out and say it. So I'll ask the men for any question that the woman, women have asked you about how to say something, how to ask for something. Please don't just tell them come out and say it. That hasn't worked for you in your life. It's not going to work for you. <laughs> so please script them. Please give them the words that you need to hear. And it, it's adorable when they do it, and the women are scribbling furiously. And the one thing they'll always say is, I don't pick up on hits. I need to be hit with a brick. I don't get those hints. I don't even see them coming. Okay, number five. This is the next layer, right? So maybe you have decided to communicate. Maybe you have decided to come out and say it. The next reason that we can't get what we need is because of our choice of words. And you could call it a poor choice of words. You could call it a mixed-up choice of words. You could call it just not understanding the words that men speak and the words that men listen. And that even if we're both speaking English, the words don't mean the same thing. One of my favorite examples of this was Greg and I had been married for about a year. And Claire was a little itty-bitty baby, and he would leave for work before I got up in the morning, and he would fall asleep at night before I crawled into bed, and I was feeling more and more disconnected from him. I had been studying men at that time for about two years, and I said, honey, there's something I need from you. And he's like, okay. I said, I need affection every night before you go to bed. And he looked at me and he said, you want to have sex every night? <laughs> now, most women with the word affection would not think sex. I, I did a survey once. Only one woman in a room of 150 thought sex, that I meant sex by affection. But to him, that, that was just what it meant. And so I had to explain to him what affection looks like. Years later, I gave him a demonstration of all these different possibilities of snuggling that included he could snuggle with a remote control in his hand. So there's something that we need to do with men when we tell them what we need, and that is we need to explain what it looks like. 
And often what we'll do is instead of explaining what it looks like, we'll explain the 20-year history of why we need it. You know, of what happened between our mother and our father or our father and us or our first husband or our boyfriends or our brothers. And we'll give this whole justification of why we need it. And that's not what actually inspires them to give it to you. (laughs) They don't need to be persuaded to give it to you. They want to understand what it will provide for you, what difference it will make in your life. And they need to know what it looks like. Because if, if you don't tell them that, if you just tell them what it is that you need, they'll think they understand. They don't know that they don't understand. And they'll just provide what they think you asked for. So if Greg hadn't been questioning that I wanted to have sex every night, he could have just said yes and tried to provide sex every night and then been really hurt when I was turning him down after I asked him to do that. Now, the next part of this in terms of the portraits of words is something I keep referring to, and that is that women actually avoid the words that mean the most to men. Women avoid using the words that communicate most directly to men, to what one man called his action command center. We avoid the words that cause men to act. And it's because we have a very different relationship to those words than they do. Again, it's a different meaning to us. So in Celebrating Men, Satisfying Women, we teach you six specific words and recommend that you ask the men in your life what those words mean to them and under what circumstances they would like you to use them. So you not not only have the overview of men's use of this word, but you can customize it to the men in your life. Now, just so you understand what I'm talking about and to get you down the path of getting more of what you need from men, I want to tell you one of the words that women avoid using, and it costs us a lot that we avoid using this word because it means something very different to men. So one of the words that women avoid using is the word problem. We don't like to say, I have a problem. I mean, just try saying it to yourself now. I have a problem. Honey, I have a problem. Wow, I have a problem. Gosh, I have a problem. Hmm, this is a problem. Ooh, we can say this is a problem. Either we can say I have a problem. But we avoid that word. Instead, we say things like I have a concern. There's something I'm challenged by. We'll say we need to talk. most feared words in any language. We need to talk, right? And then one of the words that we love to use instead of problem is we like to say, I have an issue, or we have an issue. Women love that word. There's something about it, you know. I have an issue. It just appeals to women to say that instead of I have a problem. I have an issue. We have an issue. There's an issue we need to talk about. Women like that word. Most women like that word. Men abhor that word. And one of the things I would invite you to do, if you're, if you're new to PACS and you want to check and see, you know, does what we have to say amount to a hill of beans? I invite you to go to any man in your life and watch his body. You have to watch his body and say, 
honey, what's the effect on you if I say I have an issue? And then watch what happens to his body. And put the imaginary duct tape over your mouth and listen to him say how that occurs to him. And then say, okay, thank you. And what is your response? How does it affect you if I were to say, I have a problem? And again, watch his body. And put the imaginary duct tape over your mouth and wait and listen to hear what he has to say. Most men will respond the way that Greg did. Greg is my husband. When I said, you know, if I say I have an issue, how does that affect you? <laughs> and his shoulders dropped. <laughs> his posture slumped over. The color in his face faded. And then he made this, like, you know, because he's a funny guy. He waved. He goes, bye, guys. I'm going into the swamp. I don't know if I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> Because that's how an issue occurs to them. An issue is something you might never recover from. It's something you might deal with for decades, maybe centuries, maybe lifetimes. And when we've asked men about, you know, a problem, do you like to solve problems? What do you think about problems? The way one man put it was, a problem to a man is like a squirrel to a dog. Problem? 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 One man said, all I do all day, I arrive at work at 8 o'clock in the morning, I leave at 6 o'clock at night, all I do all day is solve problems. I love my job. So it, this is one of, the, one of the examples of we avoid a word that actually really appeals to them. Honey, I have a problem. Really? You know, to them, a problem means a beginning, a middle, and an end. A problem is like a video game. A problem is a challenge. It's a challenge. You get to figure it out. You get to you get to defeat it. You get to come out victorious. You get to accomplish something. Very excited about problems. Okay. Reason number six. By the way, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh my gosh, I do that. Oh my gosh, I do that. Oh my gosh, I do that. Oh no, I do that too. Please do not despair. It just means you're normal. It just means you probably grew up like I did, watching other women deal with men and learning to deal with men from the way that they dealt with men and having no idea that your models were very ineffective and that the frustration that they passed on or communicated about wasn't because of how men are. It was because of not understanding how men are. So please do not despair. We actually do fix this in two days. I'm not exaggerating at all. These are the things we directly address in celebrating men, satisfying women. Okay? One of the definitions of satisfaction is to meet the needs of. So we're really committed to satisfied women. Satisfied women make the world a better place. They make better families, better communities, better workplaces. We're really committed to you being satisfied. So please do not despair. We will give you the point of view. We'll give you the kind of attitude that will lighten your heart and lighten your burden and have men be inspired to give you what you need without manipulating them. This is not about manipulation. We're not interested in manipulation. Manipulation has a limited lifespan. Even the best manipulators burn through men. They have to get fresh men. 
<laughs> because they catch on and they go away. So you have to keep getting a new fresh man to manipulate. Craig and I have been for, together for 20 years. He still says he worships the water I walk on. So it's not about manipulation. It's about working with how they are in a way they feel really appreciative of you accommodating that. They're really amazed. They're amazed at women who do our workshops to try to understand them better and work with them better. They, they're touched by that. And they get to respond by coming to our Understanding Women workshop and learn how to work with how you are. Okay, reason number six you could call dropping the ball. It has to do with not understanding that getting what you need is something that can happen ongoingly and long-term in a partnership. So not in an adversarial relationship, not in a transaction, not in a manipulative relationship, but in a partnership. And the first part of partnership is part, and there's your part. And your part is saying what it is that you need. Your part is being conscious of saying it when he can hear it and process it. And one of your most important parts, and I, again, I'm just putting this in your hands, go try this. If you're skeptical of what we do here at PAX, of whether it works, please go try this and see what happens. And that's just any time you ask someone for something you need, ask them this question. What do you need in order to give me what I'm asking for? What do you need in order to give me what I'm asking for? You could say more simply, what do you need to give me what I need? Or you could say, is there anything you need to do what I'm asking? All those ways will work. But whichever way you ask it, what you have to do next is you have to put that imaginary duct tape over your mouth and you have to wait for an answer. And this is one of the hardest things that we have to do because many women just answer things right off the top of their head and we expect that of other people. But this is a case where you actually don't want them to answer off the top of their head because if they do, they may not have thought about it long enough and the answer they give you may not actually cause them to do what you need. So it's better to ask and then just wait patiently. Don't interrupt them. Don't reframe. Don't redirect. Just wait patiently and concentrate on being open to their answer. Now, I caution you to be open to their answer because in the 20 years that Greg and I have been together, when I've asked him this question, he has never answered the way I thought he would. Never, never, ever, ever. I've tried to anticipate what he's going to say. He's never answered the way I thought he would. He always just surprised the heck out of me. And so you need to be open because it's something you probably can't think. And you also need to be open because it's probably something you wouldn't need. And if you're not open, you may react to what they say like it's ridiculous. And if you react that way, then they're going to feel disrespected and dishonored. You're not going to provide what it is they just told you, and that was the thing they needed to give you what you needed. So you're going to end up without what you asked for because of this critical piece. We call it the partnership question. You have to ask that question and listen for the answer and take the person seriously. We talk a lot more about this in Celebrating Men, Satisfying Women. We talk about, for example, the number one answer to asking a man to take the trash out and why women 
completely disparage that answer and why this is another case of women mixing up what they should take personally and what they shouldn't take personally. Okay, we arrived at number seven. I'm so excited. The thing I'm happy about is I just let this workshop a few weeks ago, and I lead it a couple times every year so that the workshop keeps getting updated with what I've learned about men lately. Because when I started studying them, I thought they were really shallow. I thought it would take two or three months to learn everything that was worth knowing about them. And they're the opposite. They're these deep, deep wells, like I said in the beginning, and I keep being surprised. I keep being surprised by who they are and how they are. And so we keep updating Celebrating Men's Assign Women. So you get to learn in two days the most, you know, what we consider the critical information that every woman needs to know to deal with the other half of the species. You get to learn in two days what we've been paying attention to for over 20 years. So as we go through these, it's taken years to sort this out, decades to sort this out. It's why we encourage women, if you haven't done Celebrating Men Satisfying Women in the last two years, it's not even the same workshop. What we've added and what we've shifted and how much we've improved our methods of education has changed so much, you just have to go. So reason number seven is I would call it the failure to provide the fuel. So we're asking a man to do something for us, but we're not providing any fuel. It's like asking a car to take you someplace, but refusing to put any gas in its tank. And we, we fail to provide the fuel for men be, because of our misunderstandings about men and appreciation. And we don't understand. We don't understand how much appreciation is the fuel for men. And we miss providing appreciation for them for several reasons. First, we don't know how much they need it and that it is, it's the oomph. It's, they're the points that make it worth playing the game and have them want to play the game again. We don't understand that their currencies are different. So it'd be like, you know, I'm going to Canada tomorrow. If I try to spend dollars, it's not going to go well. <laughs> I better change my dollars in for Canadian money. At the airport, it's one of the first things I should do. It's what women need to do. We tend to appreciate men, show appreciation for men the way we like to be shown appreciation. And it doesn't connect. And we think we're providing appreciation and they feel unappreciated. And when they feel unappreciated, what a man will do, <laughs> oh my gosh, this causes so many problems. When a man feels unappreciated for something, he keeps bringing it up. Well, you know, like when I did that thing for you. And it makes women be exasperated, like, geez, you unloaded the dishwasher, you need a parade? It makes us feel like they need a ton of appreciation. Well, no, they actually don't. They just need their appreciation in a different currency that registers for them. And when you understand their currency, it's actually really surprising. It's really quite a favorable exchange rate. <laughs> it can take a lot less effort to appreciate them in the currency that they need than the appreciation you're currently putting out. Now, the other thing that happens is that sometimes we think that they just don't deserve to be appreciated. You know, that they are misbehaving so much of the time. They need to do 10 good deeds to make up for, you know, how they're watching TV and ignoring us or saying uh-huh, 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 and not following through, 
or I mean, I could go on and on, leaving their socks on the floor, no matter how many times we complain about it. We often think when they do a good thing, they're just digging them out of a hole, themselves out of a hole. They don't deserve to be appreciated yet, and that's that's a mistake. That's a mistake, and what we end up with is another one of those downward spirals. Because maybe it's our perception of them that has us think they shouldn't be appreciated. And that's one of the biggest reasons why it's called celebrating men. Because when you change your perception of men and see them for who they are and see their their intentions and their drive and their adoration and their love for us, then appreciating them becomes so much easier. You don't have to stress about it. You don't have to work at it. It just seems like the right, well, it's an easy thing to do because they're magnificent. And if if you just twitched with me saying that, that men are magnificent, I would in, invite you. I'm going to tell you again. Our workshops are for courageous women who have a strong desire to have satisfying relationships with men. They want to gain an extraordinary understanding of men, and they're willing to adopt a new point of view towards men and women. Would you be willing to see men from a point of view that they were magnificent, that from where you were looking, you saw their magnificence, and from where you were looking, you saw how much they loved you. You saw how much they've been trying to give to you, and you were actually stopping. So in Celebrating Men, Satisfying Women, we take care of all this stuff. You'll be able to see men in a way that, that allows you to have the attitude that prevents you from creating resistance to what it is that you're asking for. You'll learn when to tell them what you need so that you don't have to tell them again and again and again. He'll remember what you need the way he remembers, you know, baseball stats or his favorite football team's records, you know. You'll understand how they're motivated, what it is that has them act. You'll learn how to tell them what, you need in all those steps that we talked about. You get a handout on it. You get to practice. You'll be clear about which details to give him that empowers him to give you what you need and practice leaving out the other details that actually has his hearing turn off and has him stop listening. You'll learn what kind of appreciation resonates with him and how easy it is to provide him. So all of these things we do, and we do it with a sense of humor. We do it with love for women, with compassion for how much we've struggled, how much we've been hurt, how much we've been disappointed. We do it without blame. We do it with a lot of laughter, so much laughter. We do it very interactively. You're practicing a lot because we don't, it's not a lecture. We don't, you know, this unfortunately had to be a lecture. This is rare. <laughs> In our workshops, it's you talking and you getting your arms around it that's going to have you be able to go home and put it to put it to work. The last thing I want to say is just <laughs> I had an interview once with Tavis Smiley on the radio and we talked about what a nightmare Valentine's Day is and I told him my solution, you know, that I just tell my husband what I need and what will make me happy and then he provides it. And Tavis looked at me and he said, will you marry me? He was just so stunned like, I mean, to really to a man, a woman who says what she needs when he can hear it and process that information, to him that's kindness. That occurs as very kind, as very sweet, as someone he would gladly devote himself to. Okay, that's what I have to say about that. Thank you. 
I want to thank you so much for joining us tonight and finding out about this topic, the seven things that get in our way as women and getting what we need. So that's Alison Armstrong. Her program is called Seven Reasons Why Women Can't Get What They Need from Men. And she has a website called understandmen.com. This is Men in Balance Radio. Thanks for listening.